0: Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Before Andy and I get into all of this transfer madness, I have to say welcome and thank you to our two latest patrons over at Patreon. The first one, Stephen Sweeney, who you can find on Twitter at tottiscone. So that's at T-O-T-T-I. S C O N E and he has a wonderful pinned tweet at the top of his uh, at the top of his page uh, that Roma filmed for him when he took his father to the Olympico. Very awesome, awesome video. So check check out Steven's page and then also Tony Patella who has the best Twitter handle of all time, which is Vaffan Lazio, So V A F F A N Lazio. Thank you both for your support. We greatly greatly appreciate it. If you would like to join them, you can go to Patreon.com/slash. Roma Press. Okay, Andy, let's break down what's been going on because particularly with this Ed and Dzeko-Milic stuff, it seems like really nobody knows what is happening and we're getting 10 different stories from 10 different outlets, 10 different journalists. Mm-hmm. So before I get into sort of the stuff that I was told and what I've been reporting, what are your just general thoughts on this? Because we touched upon it in the last one. Jekyll, obviously, hate him or love him wherever you fall in the argument. This is a guy who's extremely divisive among Roma supporters. You either have a strong feeling about him one way or the other. What do you think of just the prospect of him going to Juve and Milik coming from Napoli to Roma?
1: Well, you know, uh, again, uh... Just as you said, so many stories have emerged uh, within the last 48 hours um, that I, I really don't know what voice should I listen to um, and, you know, what the, what the situation uh, is uh, really like at the moment. Um, you know, some, some of the latest reports were stating that the decision lies in the hands of Jeko's wife. In that case, which is terrible, by the way, yeah, I, I want yeah. to just bring that up. <laughs>
0: uh, we we see this a lot in really. OK, so it, it seems to happen more in Italy than than most other places. But we make this or some of the bigger newspapers, I think they sort of turn this narrative onto a player's partner and they sort of make them at the eye of the story unnecessarily. Listen, it's if if both of them or i'm sorry if if Gekko goes to torino obviously you would assume he gets the sign off of his partner and his wife okay i just hate how some of these newspapers and and to be fair it was only a couple of them they paint this narrative as if the the uh, wife can be either the hero or the villain for roma supporters right. i think it's completely unfair right completely unfair
1: right there's this image of basically jecco just sitting by his wife and just waiting for her to say right, yes right, or right. no, and it's apparently you know some of those reports were saying, oh, now he just awaits the final decisions from Amra, which is uh, his wife. Um, you know, it, it it sounds ridiculous, but at the same time, you know, if I if 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 a situation really is like that, if there is you know, uh, because we we know that at least when it comes to Roma a lot of players stay because it's comfortable right i mean yes. a guy like juan jesus stays not because there aren't any offers because there there has been a few offers but he's comfortable at roma he's comfortable in rome he enjoys the life the life the lifestyle and etc uh, same goes for a guy like bruno perez uh, so we know that is a known phenomenon in this club i just wouldn't like it to be a phenomenon for play- players that play such vital roles in the team, such as Dzeko, because we are dealing now with a play- player who um, has broken all kinds of records at Roma, um, a player that, you know, love him or hate him, uh, is, is, is a, just, just gives such an incredible contribution to the team um, when it matters, when, and, and in terms of, 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 of playing style, um, in terms of uh, reliability, uh, in, in terms of mentality, really, um, he is, is very difficult to, to, you know, to substitute, to, to find another uh, guy who up there in, in front of goal can do the same things he does. And uh, that's not only scoring goals, that's, that's doing everything else. So, you know, it, it's, it's a tough situation. And it's a situation where I would really love for Jekyll to stay one more year. Just give us one more year. Um, I think this this new ownership would need it. I think Fonseca would need it because, you know, it's we're a work in progress and the schedule is so short. You you have to work with a team. And Jekyll just by himself is like 25, 30 percent of that team. So, if you take him out of the equation right now, you have a big problem in terms of preparations for the season. Um, so just give us one more year. That's all I ask. I think this is
0: something where if this was a normal summer, if this was just the calendar is the same as every other season, I would say, okay, Th- that's fine. If this were June, let's say, and we had July and the majority of August, I would say that you know what? That's fine. He absolutely served the club valiantly. If this is his final opportunity to win something important, right. I think we all would agree that he is more than deserving of that. I-, I-, I think it's difficult to to argue against that. Of course. Given that we don't have much time, you have a manager in his second season and really at this point the only viable replacement is one guy it, it, it it's not as if Jekyll can leave and you have a menu of options here okay it, it's it's one player and you have to be absolutely unequivocally 1000 percent comfortable with milik coming in in place of Jekyll for me milik is a player I do like admittedly um I i, I understand some of the flaws that come with him you know, people love to make fun of the opportunities that Jekyll misses, but Milik himself, um, he misses plenty of opportunities as well. But I think he could bring something a little different. They're, they're not even remotely close to being the same players. So who knows what somebody like Fonseca thinks. Maybe he likes Jekyll's characteristics for his football more than, than those of Milik. I don't know. But I think it is a huge risk, a huge, huge risk to allow him to leave at this point. Now, again, had there been something already sort of shaped up right after the season ended, hey, we agreed when I signed that renewal last season that I would give it one more year. Things didn't work out this way. That's fine. Uh, but now I'm going to go. I think, I'd again, I'd probably feel a bit more comfortable with that, but that's just not the case. It's been a few weeks now since the season ended, and and Roma still find themselves in this very weird position. It's very bizarre that you see the futures of four players so tightly linked. When one happens, the others will happen. It's quite unusual. You don't really see things like this, and maybe that is something we will have to get more comfortable with in this new COVID era of football. We just don't know what... The actual transfer market looks like anymore it's completely different maybe we will see more player trading as opposed to just the normal we'll give you x amount of euros uh, millions of euros for a player so jekyll aside again just before on what's being reported here just Milik as 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 the focal point of this are you comfortable with him let's just say it were to happen are you from your perspective is that a guy with uh, in your mind that gives you something equal to Jekyll, maybe a little more than Jekyll. Are you, or do you think you're getting substantially less than Jekyll with him?
1: Well, you know, as, as you just said, two different players, but. In terms of, I guess, work rate and in terms of goal scoring, Milik is the closest one that comes to Dzeko. um You know, I, I saw people uh, talk about Piontek in the same vein of, of, of Milik, and I guess that's oh. because both of them are Polish, uh, but that, they're nowhere <laughs> that, near... That, that's about where the similarities yeah, end. Yeah, that's, that's where the similarities end, because I guess... Milik is is a, is a also a hard player to define because the Milik, Milik at Ajax was world class. Um, the Milik that came to Napoli and um, and then impressed right before going down with uh, two terrible injuries, um, and then having his place basically stolen by a world-class Mertens. Remember when when Mertens was a guy who came off the bench um, right uh, right after Higuain left, Mertens was the guy who came off the bench and played instead of Insigne on the wing. And then Sarri decided, let's try this out. And he started playing as a false nine. And then Napoli just went on this incredible run um, almost getting that scudetto, and and Milik was sort of left behind. But I, I think this is a guy who has all the tools to succeed, and and he's a guy who's very uh, aggressive in terms of he wants to score goals. He's not he's he, he doesn't get complacent. So I some of the games where I saw him this year, where he misses chances, it's also because he takes everything that he gets. You know, he's yes. he's one of those that. And, and that's it to me that if, if you if you take somebody like milik as I said before that means you also need somebody else that complements him in the way in terms of uh, of creating chances but also in terms of um, just uh, uh, Giving a, a defense some defensive production because um, Milik is not the kind of guy who holds up the ball the way Jako does. Um, he's not the guy who's going to get uh, fouled um, just to to help the team uh, uh, go forward. Um, it, that's it, it's a different player. So when you sign up to take on Milik, you also consequently naturally you have to sign up to to get. Another player, another player who can sort of fill that void left by Jeico, because I think Jeico is two players put into one. There is the Jeico who loves to score goals, the one we saw in 2016-2017 under Spalletti, and then there is the Jeico uh, who uh, contributes to the team like a midfielder, like a like a like a center back almost. Right. Uh, the way we saw him play in the Champions League the following season when we went to the semifinal and I think that was Dzeko's best year with us and so it's it, it's a tough pill to swallow to have to say goodbye to to such a player like Dzeko because we know that this is a talent that is not going to come around very often um, but if there is a substitute out there the list is very short and Milik has to be the one to look at but at the same time you're looking at the figures that have been reported and you think to yourself, Crazy. man, this, this guy uh, come, come January, he is, uh, uh basically free. So, free? I mean, you, yeah. what are we talking about? And also I want to also break out on this podcast, the way we devaluated, uh, Cengiz over the years. <laughs> I mean, now we are talking, I see people say we're happy with 25 million and you know what, we are happy with 25 million. That's the scary part about this thing.
0: Yeah, so th- this whole thing is very is very bizarre. So I guess let's let's take this let's take this whole thing piece by piece and just sort of break down where we are because I there's only certain aspects of this thing that I've written about and that I know and I'm not going to speak out of turn. Obviously, we can discuss what the others have reported. Absolutely happy to do that. But this is a very confusing, complex negotiation. That again. You, you need one piece for the other to happen. So it's very, very bizarre. So yesterday, I did something that I hate doing, and I wrote that I interviewed somebody from the entourage. When you say the entourage, I, I, I hate doing that. I, I just hate saying it. So let me just say it because I know he won't be listening to this podcast. The person I spoke to yesterday was Stevano Martina, who is the agent of Eningeco. So yesterday, as as we put out on the website and as I tweeted out, he, he, he was very, very firm when he stated that that nothing was done. No decision has been made one way or the other. And when I asked for a timeline, he said, we will just see. So we've been seeing various newspapers saying that Jekyll has already said yes. It's very confusing because you're getting so many different messages from all these different outlets. So again, from what I've been told by the agent of Jekyll, no decision has been made. And that was as of yesterday's. Messaged him again today, still nothing. So we're still playing this waiting game here. Now, as for Under, that's another curious case. You, you mentioned something. You, you said how we devalued him a little bit. It, it's interesting because a few months ago, weren't we talking about Baldini? He's, he's going to England trying to sell Jengis to all of these Premier League clubs. He's asking for at least $35 million. And I think we have to remember because this was not for some reason. And I, and I don't know why because typically they put it in there. In the official press release from Roma, usually they will put when a club has a sell-on fee. And for some reason, if you go to the website on Unders' press release, I don't think they made any mention that Beshak Shahir, the club he came from, Mm -hmm. are owed 20% of the fee that Roma get for him. Now, that is a huge chunk. So if we just take the they number don't 25, remember th-
1: they don't remember that, but they remember some supposedly 20 million that we owe uh, uh, to to subdoria Oh well, uh, we can get we can get to that in a moment, obviously, because
0: I I am I am trying to be more positive here. I, I am trying to I don't want to <laughs> talk about social media or dump on anybody else who wrote some things. who I know that are incorrect. I'm not here to do that. I'm just talking about the things that I know and what we have been told here, So, yeah, this thing with Jengis is very, very particular. Now, if you you talk to his Turkish agent, so Fali Ramadani is his agency, I guess I should say. Fali Ramadani is not the guy talking with Napoli for Under. Ramadani has a host of agents throughout Europe working under him. Now, Under's Turkish agent will not tell you that a deal with Napoli is done – He has other clubs interested, not just Napoli. But I have been told that a deal with Napoli is already in place. Finished. Now everybody is just from, or I I should say from Under's perspective, they're waiting to see how things unfold with Dzeko. Now Riccardi, our good friend Filippo Biafora, he spoke to the entourage of Riccardi. And I'm not speaking for Filippo, but I am assuming the gentleman that he spoke to was uh michelangelo minieri who is another agent who has a lot of young players riccardi being one of them and he said he did not reject a potential move to napoli now between you and i andy we we saw some people in our in our patron group chat sort of disagree with this where do you come out just under we we know he's going to go right if we're talking about the plusvalenza valenza standpoint which roma need about 100 million euros for next summer by next summer before the close of the 30th of june roughly 100 million euros in plusvalenza valenza under is obviously the name that's going to go i think not even i think he's a 99.9 percent certainty certainty at this point to depart the club uh because i think let me pull up the actual number he is on the books right now For 7.8 million euros. So even if we take that number. 25 million euros. 20% of that has to go to. Bashak Shahir Roma. They get 20 million of the 25. So that's a pretty decent. Plus Valenza for them. Right over 11 million euros. Where do you come out on Riccardi? Because it's very interesting. Throughout the years. And I'm not even talking about. At this present moment particularly. We saw it with guys like. Viviani we 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 tend to especially for these Roman born guys right we 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 tend to think that they're going to reach for the stars before they've really done anything and that's just I think human nature at times we get excited about particular players especially when they come from the city and they play for their boyhood club we get very excited to see them come up and rightfully so um but I see a lot of people lamenting the fact that maybe Riccardi could be included in this deal and they seem they seem heartbroken and I guess I'm a little confused by that because this guy hasn't made a senior appearance yet as in terms of his best role is he more of a central midfielder can he play more of an attacking role we don't even know what that is is he a Metzala for me I am actually okay with throwing him in there um if there's a youngster that I think Roma should be holding on to and should be devoting a lot of their attention to, for me it's Calafiori,
1: but perhaps you disagree. Where do you come out on him? Uh, <laughs> it's always difficult for me to talk about the Primavera because uh, in recent times I haven't really followed that team Um they've really been playing bad for for, for what yeah. i know <laughs> yes. um and and so most of most of the time i follow the score lines but you know sometimes you see the goals and and ricardi comes off as a guy who basically in the primavera can play anywhere and, and still score wonder goals um and you can't really know if if he's really a number 10 or 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 whatever he is or if he's a mezzala um just it is very confusing. It's it's yeah, it's very confusing. And it, it I mean, he's almost like a
0: pastore where you think he's a number ten. I mean he I, I do not see him as a Matzala. I don't know. I d I don't know about you, but I, I do not see him as a central midfielder. Right,
1: right. Well I last time I saw him play was I believe it was in the in the youth champions league uh, against against I believe Cheska Moscow or something like that, um right before the senior team played them. Um, uh, I believe he had an assist and a goal there, but whatever. What the the thing about the Primavera players is that a lot of time there is so much talk and 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 so very little end product. You know, uh, I mean <laughs> Viviani, Capradasi, or the ones yes, that immediately yeah, come yes, to my mind. Yes, but but also, uh, you know, Soleri, uh, so- T- Tuminello. I mean, these are the guys who are still part of that winning Primavera team, that, that Primavera team that won basically everything uh, until, I believe, 2016 or 17. Yeah, 17, I think. And and then everything sort of crumbled. But uh, that was sort of the golden generation. And and, and I, I really ca- failed to find the name that is still on, on a semi-serious roster. Um, obviously, Tominello going down with with some terrible injuries, uh, but at the same time, a guy like Riccardi, he doesn't have a future here because if he had a future here, we would have seen him at one point or another, and and instead he's just become this this omnipresent player in the Primavera. Team. Every time, you look at the Primavera squad, he's there, no matter what, he's there, he's playing there, and whatever. But whenever there was a chance somebody went down injured or something. Every time I saw fans calling for Riccardi to come on, he never came on. He rarely got called up. Uh, in that game against Juve, we saw Calafiori. We didn't see Riccardi. That's, you know, that's to me, that's the main difference. So I have trouble really believing in in, in a player like Riccardi just because it seems like the team doesn't believe in him. The club doesn't believe in him. They haven't given him a, any sort of substantial role in the first team. Uh, despite injuries, despite absences, despite everything, um, despite playing a lot of games that were similar to, to to that Juve game. I mean, even last year, you know, you come to the final stages of a season and and you just you, you sometimes just put random players out there to compete. And and Riccardi was, was never really part of that. And so I'm sitting here saying, OK, why waste him? Again for some primavera matches, whatever, if he can go and have a career elsewhere, because he clearly doesn't have a career here. I don't know what to say. I don't I can't say I rate him. I, I can say I've heard a lot of, of of good things about him, but it's it's every time we we pump these players up, we always end up with you know with empty hands. With there is nothing. There is nothing to show for a lot of the players that have been you know acclaimed and have won uh, awards at Roma and have been all sorts of leaders at the Primavera because that very often does not translate to to the big stage
0: and I'm trying to think as you were saying that it started I, I started to sort of rethink of a lot of these names can you think of a Primavera player that they let go and he turned into a world beater I really can't think of one. Now, I guess you could throw right. – if you want to throw Romagnoli out there, I, I guess you could, but that story is so unique. I, I don't – And when was that? I mean – 2015. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That story is just so particular because he's a he's a Lazio supporter. So I, I don't even know if I would necessarily count that. I, I'm just thinking of all these names. Again, Capitadolzi.
1: Viviani, I mean we want to talk about Antonucci
0: who's Antonucci goes to Portugal and he goes on TikTok, he gets he gets (laughs) sent back to Roma. Uh Viviani, this poor guy, remember uh, this was a guy we were saying in 2011 2012 ish. Oh, this is this is the heir to Derossi. This is the guy who uh will become the new Derossi and I'm, I mean, he has bounced in between City of B clubs for like the last five to six years. It's unbelievable. Right. A guy who I admittedly wrote a ton about and somewhere on the internet, I'm sure if I dig, I could find it. It's embarrassing probably how much I tried to hype this guy up. Um, Alessandro Crescenzi, who was able oh to play right back, left back. He turned into nothing. Oh my. Uh, who else?
1: Uh
0: Pistitella, he's another
1: one. Wait, he there was there was also that guy who plays for Pescara, I believe now. Uh I don't remember what was his name. He had like a French name or something. I don't remember. But well, anyway, there's there's a lot of that. There, there's a lot of that drifting in some mid-table yeah, right. Serie B team and it's it just it, they never take the next step and Antonucci was the guy who I I mean he's been here with Di Francesco and and he's been uh, here forever, and that never translated to anything remotely productive for the team. Actually, I think he's been stealing his that that place on the roster uh, unnecessarily so, and we can't find him a suitable team because nobody wants him. Because as you just said, he goes on TikTok instead of focusing on playing games. So uh, you know, I uh, it's I think a lot of times we make we make this sound more cruel than it actually is, Uh, you know, parting ways with Primavera players. But if it helps you in a deal in this day and age where you really need to make deals happen to survive, then screw it.
0: Yeah. And I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with those guys only making it to a certain level because, you know, millions of people, we play football. Oh, yeah. Just to make it to Serie B, I mean... The, yeah, I have a cousin, I have a cousin can... who plays
1: for Chisena. He'd be delighted to play in, in Serie B, man. It's uh, It's, right. it's yeah. that. It's it's. But it's it's a different world. It, it is. And to sort of go off of something you said,
0: sometimes you almost feel guilty that you're holding on to these guys because you're more so holding on to the idea right. of them becoming something great as to actually allowing them to maybe progress in their footballing careers. For me, you just let him go. Let you, you know if you can get seven, eight, nine million euros for him. For me, I think that that takes zero seconds for me to decide. I say absolutely. Right. You know what? Um, you had difficulties breaking through here. Maybe you go to Napoli. You go on loan somewhere, and you have the opportunity to play. Now, why Roma couldn't just send him on loan, I, I don't know. Obviously, there's been a reason for that, but. Yeah, I I think this is a no-brainer. But this is
1: I think this is a fear that comes from the fact that Roma two years ago uh, or or what was it? Yeah, two almost over two years ago they found they found a gem in Inter's Primavera team in Zaniolo, and that's and I think a lot of clubs think the same way. I th- I see a lot of fans from other teams. Uh, even even now, there was when when talk about Kolarov going to Inter, and there was you know the question of will we get money for him or will we get to pick a Primavera player. I saw Inter fans on Twitter go berserk just at the thought of us potentially finding a gem similar to the time we found Zagnolo, But that's one one player in in hundred in hundreds of players. And, and it's, it's, it's such a rarity. It's, it's not the rule at all. I completely
0: agree. I I understand that many, it's almost like the fear of getting rid of a player. And in the back of your mind, you have that fear that he will become a phenomenon elsewhere. And you end up looking like clowns because you let him go for a very menial fee. And he was able to grow and realize his potential elsewhere. But I, you, you can't you can't work like that that that's no way in my opinion to do business. so again if 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 Napoli insist on Riccardi being involved in that deal and they're able to give him a seven eight million euros valuation for me I I think you absolutely I, you, I would snap their hand off for that if I'm being quite honest with you <laughs> because I I think again, we just reached a point with him where we're more enamored. With the with, the, with idea the idea of what he could yeah, be. With the idea. So I, for me, it, it just doesn't make sense to hold on to him. Now, before we get to call out of, I just want to talk about just some of the nonsense, I guess we would call it, that has been surrounding the talks regarding this Jekyll thing. So I forget which website came out with it. Again, I'm being positive today. I'm in a great mood. I don't so I don't I don't know where they got their information, but they said that it would be Milik to Roma and then under and Riccardi to Napoli and that De Laurentiis was requesting 20 million euros on top of that. So I want to just touch upon that because I know for a fact, right? You're 1 million percent against the notion of that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It's 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 crazy, yeah. I am too. I I think this it it, it would make zero sense for a player who you can negotiate for and get for nothing next summer and you can begin talks with him in in just about five months here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes zero sense for
1: Roma to do that. Now,
0: I do think... Reminds me of the deal is... of
1: Alan, where... Yes. <laughs> you, yes you wait a chest. year, and he he loses like $40 million in value. Now,
0: in fairness, I think that is De Laurentiis sort of trying to puff out his chest a little bit and leaking mm. some things that he prefers to, to some of the media, and that's fine. This is a guy, again, involved in entertainment. He likes to put on a show... I don't think Roma are that unwise, I will say. I don't want to use too harsh of a word, but I don't think Roma are that silly to even consider that because I just don't understand how Under, let's say we value him at, let's just say it is 25 million, worst case scenario. Riccardi, let's say seven at a very conservative figure. So that's 32, and then you're telling me another 20 million euros in cash on top of that? I don't think so. I have an extremely hard time believing that. And the reason why I have an extremely hard time believing that, I know that the Friedkin Group, despite all of the transfer madness going on, maybe the Friedkin Group has not been at the forefront of our minds, even though we haven't really heard from them since their initial statement almost two weeks ago from them acquiring the club. But the statement that I I reiterated on this podcast that stood out to me was the one where Friedkin says, and I quote, our shared vision for the club and the team is to favor a sustained long-term investment approach rather than quick fixes of questionable durability. For me, doing a deal for 20 million euros cash or 10 million euros cash, even 5 million euros cash, plus Under and Ricardi, pretty much goes against everything they said in those few words in that small little paragraph. That is a quick fix. You are getting the plus valenza on, on Riccardi and under, and you're spending really an exorbitant amount on a guy who has less than one year left on his contract. For me, that is a quick fix. That is not how a club with a long-term sustained vision operates. So I have a very, very, very difficult time believing that Roma ultimately do that. Could Dzeko decide to go? Absolutely. But for me, I very much doubt that Fiengo would be willing to part, would be willing to add cash um, on top of those two players. For me, those right. two players, maybe even Under himself is enough to get the deal it done. It should because
1: be. It should be, yeah.
0: It, 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 he really should be because look at some of the number, the figures that we're seeing now for players uh, being sold. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, they just sold Wallen to, to Monaco for 15 million euros. I, I just have a very hard time in this market digesting that a player like Milik with one year left on his contract. And again, you can go to him in five months and begin talks with him and get him for free next summer. Because maybe, as you said, Andy, maybe Jekyll says, let's say Jekyll does stay, and he says, you know what, but it's only going to be for this season. After yeah. that, I would Perfect prefer scenario. to go to... Or maybe I do prefer after one season to go to Juve. Um, because if you're asking me from my perspective, I do think ultimately that, that Jekyll does remain. I, I, I don't think he's going to go to Juve. That's just my opinion. That's the sense I got from, from his agent. But I don't think he goes. I I, I really don't. Because as you just said, I do think he is very comfortable here. And I guess that goes to sort of a bigger question that we can discuss as to whether we want Roma to be that sort of club. Wouldn't you rather want players to come here and perhaps remain here because it's the best opportunity for them to win something? I don't know about you, but certainly that is something I would prefer. But I just think... We have to remember too, um, and I'm not. I'm not saying that his wife is going to be the reason why they stay, but his wife is pregnant. He has already had a child born in Rome. Very, very tied to the city, he has embraced sort of the the the, the Roman culture. I think completely. So I think he's going to find it very difficult to leave. I I, I really do because is it even guaranteed? that Juve win the Scudetto. For me, no. Um, we don't know what Pirlo is at this moment. We don't know what sort of manager he's he's going to be. Um, you have an intergrowing. So I don't know if even their 10th Scudetto in a row is a foregone conclusion. Are they the favorites? Absolutely. But there's no guarantee that you even win something if you were to right. go there. So uh, for me, I don't think he's going to go. And again, just to reiterate what, what his agent Silvano Martina said... He said nothing has been decided, um, but he hasn't given a timeline as to when he will make a decision. So that is something we'll have to wait and see. Um, Something I wanted to get to, you mentioned Kolorov a little bit ago. So one of the things that people have mentioned about the prospect of Jekyll leaving has been this leadership. They haven't even mentioned goals. One of the things they mentioned before that is, well, gosh, if you lose Jekyll, and now, potentially, Kolorov, you lose a lot of that character. We always refer to the campioni in the dressing room. You would lose another champion. Kolorov looks like he's going to go to to Inter. For you, is this, is this a big loss? Because this is another one. I, I'm actually quite surprised at how many people are, are sort of divided on this one. Um, and it has nothing to do with him... As a guy, um, because we saw when he first arrived, a lot of people were perhaps upset with his past from Lazio. But I see a lot of people saying, well, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't perform that well, but he is very vital to the dressing room. I think it's stupid or I think it's silly to let him go. Is that where you fall in this or do you think this is? Hey, Roma, they have the opportunity to sell a 34-year-old for 2 million euros. He's on the books for 600,000 euros. They can make the plus Valenza. Admittedly, I do like Kolorov, but this is a guy who did not perform well this past season from a defensive standpoint, and I don't think he's a wingback. I think he did okay as a left-sided central defender, but we saw what happened in the last couple of matches. He certainly did not
1: perform well.
0: Where are you on that side of the argument?
1: Right. Well, color uh, of in, in in my book is is finished. That Roma and I. He was <laughs> he was phenomenal. So, he simple was, as that. Huh? He was phenomenal in the first year. He was you know and in in that first year where he came on and everybody was doubting him, everybody was insulting him because of Lazio, because of this, because of that. He he showed up. He scored bangers. He led the team with with his mentality, with, with, with just being aggressive, never giving up. And he proved it on the pitch. And, and that was, I think that was his best year in, in a long time, but that is uh, two years ago that ends in 2018 from that point on the, the following season, he, he, along with Fazio, also along with, with, with Di Francesco were, the three worst performers in the whole team. Yes,
0: isn't that ironic? At their highest point, like right after that, when you think that the veteran and you know the campioni, as we like to refer to them as, they were really the ones who saw the biggest drop off in form after that. It's quite right. It's an interesting point you make.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you we had and 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 that you know that goes along with with Jako. I mean Jako in in Di Francesco's second season was oh, really for a long stretch just unbearable um and 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 and, and, and so i'm 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 th- i'm sitting here i'm thinking you know like this is it because a lot of the media that i'm seeing right now are painting of to be this incredible workhorse who can just play anywhere on the wing and uh he's he's going to be there he's going to just you know run the races uh, and 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 be world class but colorof can't run right now and yes. in in his defensive coverage he's he's been horrible and it does and, and sometimes it has nothing to do with pace because sometimes it's just him forgetting who's he defending on a corner and oh. and yeah, how he, many he times really turns off How many times how many times have I seen a play have, how many times have I seen a player uh, just really just stand up straight and head the ball into our net because Kolarov did not get up to to defend that ball. How many times you you
0: yeah, you're you're absolutely right because now that you mention that, how many times have we saw him sort of turn off uh, particularly when he was playing at that yeah. left side central defender? He has a real problem when the ball is on the opposite side of his, of of tracking the man on his side. Because right after you said that, I just have these flashbacks, and you're absolutely right. right. right.
1: There's so many of those, and and the worst thing is that nobody holds him accountable. And he just, when you watch those goals he, that he was on, uh, he shrugs. And I understand that he's an incredible goal scorer. That's, don't take me, like from set pieces 19
0: goals 20 assists he yes. arrived that's a very large number yes. for a left when, back when we, when
1: we when we are going to to sell him we're going to miss the set pieces because if i have to watch just another set piece by pellegrini i'm really going to to do wild things okay i'm just going to I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something on the level of Jim Carrey getting out of an elephant's ass in Ace Ventura. That's what I'm gonna do, because it's it's what he what he has done. He is incredible with the set pieces, with his crossing initially, um, and he's been you know. But the the thing that worries me is that Kolarov, despite getting slower and slower has be, been the player with most touches in this team. And that's detrimental to the team. It means that something is wrong, that something is not working. Because if you're relying on a 34-year-old Kolarov who really struggles to keep up uh, as your regista, as your playmaker, as the go-to guy in in, in on the wing, uh, then it means that something is wrong with your formation, something is wrong with the logistics of the team. And so... I look forward to the day where I can safely say, okay, we have players that don't necessarily have 34 years of age and, and who can play a vital part in this team because Kolarov has given his all to this team, but this is, this is it. This is the moment you have to part ways because it's been two years and he's 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 basically played his best football uh, uh from 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 a free kick position in the last two years that's that's the 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 worst thing about it um he's been incredible but we got to look somewhere else and in terms of leadership again is does does a guy that leads the team just shrug at the sight of a, a ball going into the side of the net i mean that's you know that's that it's not going to have that's not the that that's not leadership the the leadership that he had expired in 2018 um from that moment on we played with some guy that that scored free kicks but did not lead the team properly
0: yeah and i have to admit he is one of the guys that i have been very fond of since he arrived i was actually in boston when he touched down at the airport in the united states when he moved from manchester city i don't know It was such an incredible story
1: it was an incredible story right i mean a guy who yeah, from manchester yeah, city absolutely. was finished guardiola did not want him he was finished and he comes to the team that he was a, a long time rival of and he conquers them i mean that first remember that first game against atalanta he scores on that free, the kick, free kick. and yep. he knows the fan base is his
0: yeah, and and he the thing I like about it too, it was more of the personality. It was more of the, despite a lot of the insulting things, some of the banners that were held up against him, he didn't care one ounce about them. He continued to play, it and he played hard. I loved his seriousness as a professional. That is the thing I think above all I will hold him in the highest regard for was just his seriousness. Um, yeah, he would make mistakes. We already talked about that, but I, I don't know what it is. Just something about him that I really, really liked as a player. But I do think now is the time to sell. I I really, really do. Particularly, and I guess I would like to hear what you think about this, Calafiori. Now, Roma have been linked to Arsenal's Colasinac. He's been offered to half of Italy. He's been offered to half of Germany. I can tell you that unequivocally 1,000%. I am hopefully within the next couple of hours here going to to be speaking um, with his father, um, he may or may not talk. We'll 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 see about that. But I I really do not think that this is a guy that you need. I think we saw a much better performance from Spinazzola when Fonseca switched to the three at the back system. A, 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 now obviously he had the hilarious errors towards the end of the season. We don't have to get into those. But I think from just a pure attacking standpoint, offering something wide. What was that? I forget which match it was, but he was without question towards the end of the season in the league. That is one of the better players, I think, when they move to that new system. So I would be curious and I, I guess I would be willing to give Spinazzola a go as the first choice from the onset. And if that means Calafiori getting more opportunities, perhaps you have Spinazzola at right. times moving to the right and Calafiori coming in on the left. Again, this is a, a a youngster who played one match against Juve. Should have had a wonder goal, goal that was wrongly called off. This is a guy who, I'm like you, Andy. I, I haven't I haven't watched much of the Primavera, so maybe yeah. I am completely <laughs> off base in my saying. Oh, sell but keep Calafiori. <laughs> maybe I'm being a hypocrite here. I probably am to a certain extent. Yeah, but we are. We are Calafiori. Yeah, but but Calafiori is a guy I am genuinely curious to see because we haven't seen him. We we haven't se- maybe it's maybe it's just I have fatigue from Antonucci and Riccardi. Maybe I'm just maybe maybe right. I just want to see someone new from the Primavera. But I do think Calafiorri does have something.
1: Fonseca launched him. So I mean there, there is a hint of trust there um and and you know there there has been a lot of rumors Mino Raiola has been at Trigoria. If I'm if I, if I have to believe in who's staying from the youth team, I I believe that Calafuri is is going to be the one, and and perhaps rightly so. Um, as you just said, you know, if if Roma really are not going to spend much in this transfer market, then why the hell would you? I mean, right now we are talking right now, uh, change and 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 for example. Sell off Spinazzola uh, if you can rely on him right now, and you need to because, the, as I said, the schedule is really tight. You really can't afford experimenting, and you can't really be selling off Collar of and Spinazzola because then you'd have to uh, just start from scratch basically. And I think Fonseca found something there with Spinazzola as a wing back um, because guess what, he can play well as a wing back um yes so that's you know and 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 so again it's 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 a, this situation is going to 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 see that if if Roma can make the right decisions um in in, in this short amount of time and i think it is crucial not to go and 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 get any player that they find so a guy like Colasinach why you have to ask yourself why because what can he offer that a guy like Spinazzola in this current position cannot cannot offer you know and um, who are we looking at as a substitute for Spinazzola would would a guy like Colasinach come here and play as a substitute i really doubt it so it's it's it, to me the most important thing for roma to succeed at least in the short term right now where everything is so tight where everything's so short and you need to restart the season as soon as possible you need to make few decisions but make them right i actually think i understand
0: many may be anxious as to why or curious as to why roma haven't made many operations many transfers i actually Think that's a good thing because this may be the first time, and who knows how long. Assuming Jekyll stay, stays, obviously, this may be the first time in quite a long time that you have essentially the bulk of the starting eleven. You have the same. Um, you have the same manager. I actually think that could be a positive. Now, a lot of that is assuming that you get better performances from the players than you did last season. Could that be a risk? Absolutely. But I do think this could be somewhat of a good thing. And I I know just by way of the transfer market, we get very anxious and very excited because we see other teams doing something. And when your team isn't doing something, you you sort of get downtrodden a bit. But I do think just by way of continuity, this could be a positive thing. Um, So I I don't know. I, I think... I think Roma don't necessarily need to do a lot. I really, really don't. Um, I think we'll see some minor things. Um, there is. So, to give a background on a couple of other things, Chris Smalling, I do think he's going to arrive. Roma, they appointed a new intermediary. So, from December up until two weeks ago, there was uh, one intermediary working with Manchester United. And we know what happened. He wasn't able to find a deal with them on a permanent deal for Smalling. Fienga, two weeks ago, there's an agent uh, with the last name Busardo. He appointed him to do this negotiation with Manchester United in the hopes of finding a permanent deal for Smalling. I do think ultimately that will happen. And then there's one other case I want to talk about, and that is Bruno Perez. And first off, I want to apologize because when I came out with the news that I, I had talked with someone in his, again, entourage, agent. And like as I made these tweets and I I, I published the article, he had posted that he had tested positive for coronavirus. And a couple of people said I I came off as insensitive. That was never my intention. That was 1 million percent a victim of me being a victim of just terrible timing. But I I spoke to um, uh, Bruno Perez's agent and a little background, as he returned to Roma in January, right? He has performed, I think, relatively well under Fonseca. Fonseca appears to like this guy a lot more than Santon, more than Florenzi, Karsdorp. And he handed him, especially after the restart, a pretty important role and... I know the last images we have of him are against Sevilla. And in my opinion, he was probably one of the worst on the pitch that evening. But I think many were poor in that match. But he has one year left on his contract with Roma. And his agent was very, his entourage was adamant that he wants to remain with Roma. He's happy at Roma. He is very, let me repeat, very, very Happy under Fonseca. This is a guy he really likes. He probably his most favorite manager since arriving at Roma. And he thinks he can play an important role. Where are you at, just to end here with Bruno Perez? Because we saw a lot of good things. Like Spinazzola, once you, it's funny, Andy, you put wing backs at wing back and they perform well. Who would have thought? Like Spinazzola, we saw a very distinct change in, I thought, performance and attitude and in contribution when roma changed to this new system so are you okay with keeping him
1: just like spinazzola well i'm going to sound like a dick but i i need to be consistent in my opinion so i it, <laughs> this is a no from me you know okay okay no just, okay fair enough just because i think spinazzola deserves a chance and i mean after the years he's had uh, there is i think there is more in store from him But I, you know, Bruno Paris is a guy who I cannot believe in. It's I've seen too much from him to believe that he can be productive in the long run. You know that he can give me a full year or at least a a full half year of 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 really good performances that help the team win. Because there's just been too many instances where uh, he was nowhere to be found and and he was borderline one of the worst. Roma players that we've seen in in recent years. and and, uh, Don't tell me no because I remember what we said uh, when he played uh, under uh, Di Francesco and, and even before that with Spalletti where he turned out he was not the player we were looking for at all. I think this is a player just like Juan Jesus whose time here should have been over much sooner and he's a player that got too comfortable. Now, can he put Decent performances when played as wing back definitely, sure. But this is not – it's not a player that allows you to win, you know. Despite his golden touch when he saved us in, against Shakhtar, um, there is there's not many instances where I can point to Bruno Perez playing for this team and saying, okay, he made the difference. He made a difference, yes, across these seven games that we won uh, or went unbeaten, rather, I should say. Um, and, 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 and that's about it. Um, I don't see this as a player who can make a difference. And if, if I'm saying let's not take too many gambles on that, on that left flank, I would definitely say go and find the right back because you need one. You're going to you're going to get rid of. Well, the Roma have like 20 at the moment. I know. I Exactly. But it's you got to get one at least that is not pissed off like Karsdorp, who's not, you know, uh, uh, complacent like Bruno Perez and who's not terribly bad like Florenzi. Um, so please uh, that is a position that I, I, I need addressing and I'm sorry but Bruno Perez is not going to cut it
0: so for you even if I gave you the assurance that 100% <laughs> Paolo Fonseca will play a three man at the back system for the entire season and Bruno Perez will not be used at any other position he won't be used at right back he will be a right wing
1: back not even that would sway your opinion well, I, I, because he needs a substitute. I, I, he, Bruno Paris is not a guy who will go into every game and deliver the same. Performance over and over on that same level. He's not the, that guy who keeps the same intensity. He's just not. And and I I need some reassurances going into this season. I think Fonseca also needs reassurances. I understand he likes Bruno Perez, but I'm pretty sure that he also wants to have some alternatives on that right flank. And it's and and Bruno Perez is is never is not and has never been a guarantee
0: for me. I. Listen, Um. again, we've said it a few times on here. Right back, right wing back, two very distinct, two very different roles. If you could guarantee me he won't be playing right back anytime soon, I would be willing to give him one last chance because, in fairness, Di Francesco, four at the back. Spalletti, four at the back. Um. I, I, he has not played in this natural role. So you hate to say give a guy a what is this now? A second or third second chance? It's it's a third second chance, yes. A third second chance? But I am genuinely curious to see what he could offer well, you know, as John, a wingback.
1: I'm gonna tell you this, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if Pumas are still engaging him or if he's out there, but if we need a, a jeco substitute, why not why not give a third second chance to the one and only Juani Iturbe?
0: Why, why not go for it? Uh, if we were what out... Mexican club does he play for? Because I could not tell you for the life of me. I don't think I could even name five Mexican clubs to My begin God. with.
1: My God. The guy was supposed to join Genoa, and they basically shut the doors right in front of him as he was about to <laughs> It's It's unfortunate.
0: Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, everyone, please. I am very curious as to everyone's opinion on each of these players. Jekyll, Kolarov, Calafiori. Riccardi where do you come out on all of them I would love to hear your feedback because it seems like this is just the entire topic it seems like it's almost intertwined that is where we were going to end it of course we will be back if anything happens just to put a bow on all of this Dzeko nothing has been decided Kolorov he will probably join he now is the same Asian as Florenzi Uh, Under already agreed with Napoli riccardi he has not turned down a move to napoli he would be open to it and bruno perez he wants to remain at roma and um it is even possible i I didn't mention this but a possible contract renewal we will have to see Mm. i know if that does happen um i will ship you andy a big bottle of wine before we go on oh
1: i thought some some Cheres beers
0: or uh, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. I will I will send something your way because I, I know how you feel. I Trust me. I <laughs> so as always, everybody, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, The support we've received over these last few days has been very overwhelming. I, I want to say we genuinely do enjoy doing this. I hope we keep you informed. I hope that we bring a bit of levity to your day. If you're getting tired of this lockdown stuff, I hope we can at least provide some sort of getaway to you for 50 minutes, an hour, however long this ends up being. I just want to say thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading our website, clicking on the links. Thank you for pressing retweet when we tweet out that the new podcast is out. I genuinely, genuinely enjoy doing this. I know Andy does too. of course. We thank you so, so much. Um, Thank you, guys. This has allowed us to meet people who I think we never would have met in any other way, had it not been for Roma Twitter, the podcast, the website. Um, it is
1: very, very fun. And I hope that... Are editing this? Can there... you, can you, can you put the uh, uh, Oscars music, you know, the music that fades in when people talk too <laughs> long on that? On a...
0: No, I, you know what I, I want, I, I just want to reiterate this because I, I, a couple of people have said, perhaps me in particular have been bit too negative recently and that was never my intention so if please if there is ever any constructive feedback you want to give for us on this podcast something we need to do uh, something we glanced over in terms of a story if there's somebody you want to have join us on the podcast if we're being too if we're dismissing something too easily if we're being too positive whatever it may be please tell us please 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 any 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 constructive criticism you can give to us I would love to hear whatever it may be um, because this it, it's pointless if we're delivering something that nobody likes. I, yes, I can even work this...
1: on different accents if that if, if somebody's bothered by my accent <laughs> I can work on the, I can even talk in, in a Russian accent if that's the case I would I would I might actually be okay with that um, and I will
0: dial back before I went to speech classes, before I moved uh, at least part of the time to America, I'll I'll bring back my Venetian, which I don't know oh, if wow. anybody has ever heard how the Venetians speak, but yeah, it's very
1: melodic. It's like a song. It's like a song.
0: Yeah, um, very different. It's not yeah, it's not like a Roman dialect. So, yes, please, honestly, I if I have been too negative recently, that was wholly unintentional, and I apologize if that was the case. If Maybe I was criticizing, I, I, somebody told me, well, you criticize the other newspapers and maybe some journalists a little too much. Absolutely fair. Never my intention. So positivity going forward. Yay. <laughs> even, even though Roma, they haven't made any transfers, uh, we're going to dial up the positivity here because even though the transfer market has been quiet for Roma, I do think that there is a lot to be excited about. I I really, really do. So I hope you can continue to join us during these episodes. So on that note, that long spiel, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I I did not mean to do that. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you for supporting. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you uh, within the next few days. So until then, everybody, thank you and ciao.
1: Ciao.